Brandon Shepard has been a part of our spiritual family for over 21 years. He serves as an elder here at the church. He and his wife, Emmy, have launched Mission Marriage, a ministry that helps couples in their journey right here at Mid-Cities. He has four incredible kids, Luke, Andy, Ella, and Sarah. I can tell you many stories about Brandon. We've been friends for a long time. But one thing I think you need to know that might be unique to him and probably unique to anyone else that's in the room. He's probably the only person who, as a college student who was a bank teller, has been held up by grenade point. That's right, somebody held up a grenade and robbed him, and he survived. Incredible, the resilience. Brandon Shepard is coming from the pew to share with you today. Welcome, Brandon Shepard. Good morning, church. Did that, did you hear that? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I'll start by addressing that because you can't really move on until people get their head clear of like, what? A, a, a hand grenade, that, that's unique. Um, it is true. I guess it's now, I think I said 30 years in the first service, which is wrong. 26 years ago, I was held up by a lunatic with a hand grenade in the bank that I was working at going through college. So long story short, we'll spare you the details of my heroic actions and <laughs> how I saved thousands of, no, just kidding. He was caught. And I'm assuming he went to prison. I don't know. I didn't follow the story. Um, he could still be in prison. Could still be. He could be in this room right now. So he's turned his life around. If this you, come talk to me after the service. Let's reconnect. Let's reconnect. From the pew, when I got the call from Pastor Daniel, Shep, would you speak? This is the series we're thinking about doing. This is what we want people from the pew to talk about how God has shown up in their life, what he's done for them, what he's done through them, what he's going to do through them. Um, would you mind sharing? And I said, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> Normally that would not be my response. I don't, I don't like being in front of people um, I'm not scared to speak in public. The last time I spoke behind a pulpit, I was y'all's age. I was in high school. I can't even remember the year I was in high school, but it was Youth Sunday. Brandon, you're preaching. Great. It was probably about a two and a half minute sermon. I have no idea how long it was. It's a blur in my memory. The only thing I remember is at the end of that, um, like every good Southern Baptist preacher, you're down front at the end, right? And you're receiving people. Service is over, doors open, and there's a line of people, and I'm like, oh, no. Without for every one of them, all of our older population just shook my hand and said, thank you, son. We're going to beat the Church of Christ to K-Bobs. This <laughs> is true. The message was that long, so they were getting there early. So that's it. So this is my first time, and that is 30 years ago for sure. When Daniel asked me, the, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is all of the times where God did show up in our life, in my life personally, in our family's life, in our kids, in, in, in our marriage, in our kids' lives, um, other people in this church that we have linked arms with and that we've held and we've cried and we've laughed and um, 
We've seen heat, all of those things, multiple things come to mind. But I sat back and I, in my sermon, I call it a sermon, my talk changed about four times over the past month. And I feel like where God landed me was I want you to talk about the sum of the parts and not just one sliver of it. I've had great times. I've also had times of disappointment. I've had problems. I've suffered loss. We all have. God said, I want you to talk about the sum of the parts. And the sum of the parts for me is God is good. God is good. God is good. And so what I want to do, I want to spend a little time on that this morning. And so the old teacher in me could actually see my classroom. I can't see you, so we can't be interactive in a room this size. So I want to start this way. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody just close your eyes. And I just want you to picture God. I just want you to think about God. God is a good father. What does God do for his kids, for us? Are you thinking about things like he loves us, right? He saves us. Oh, he provides for us. He, he's protected me, so he protects us, right? He's, he's taught me, he's grown me, he's equipped me. He blesses me. He restores things that I've messed up. He has set me free from different things and many, 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 many other things. So open your eyes now. I hope for many of you that was a very easy exercise, that it's easy for you to think about God and his goodness. For others of you, I know, it probably wasn't that easy. It probably wasn't that easy because your experiences were probably different than mine. Here's the testimonial part of my, my message today. When I talk about the sum of my parts, it is this. It's easy for me to grasp the goodness of God because I had a good father. It's easy. It was very, very easy for me. I had a great family. My father and my mother would do anything for us. And they sacrificed a lot for us. And so when you say the goodness of God, got it. When I read about the goodness of God, got it. There's no question. I don't have to think twice about it because I experienced that. So my family growing up was, um, I, I used the term leave it to beaver this morning in the first service. It wasn't quite like that, but it was close. Um, so my family growing up was that way. My family now we can, I, those of you that know my wife, Emmy, know that I married up. Don't laugh, Judy. That's because she knows it's true. I married up. I married up big time in every aspect of life. From the beauty to the inside to how she does ministry blows me away every day. I'm married up. And so when you talk about goodness, I see goodness every day in our marriage. So there's an example there. I have four amazing kids. You saw the picture of them. Man, they're good looking, but they got a good looking mom. So that's easy. They are amazing. We have been blessed by them. 
Doesn't mean they didn't mess up or have some blips in the radar. They are a blessing to us, a blessing from God. And you saw an extra one in there. That's because our oldest, Luke, is getting married. So that was his fiance, Sarah. All right. For those of you that had a difficult time in our little exercise a few minutes ago, thinking about the goodness of God, I want to encourage you a little bit. I want you to not let your experiences, which were different than mine potentially, I don't want to let your experiences in the past rob you from the goodness of God today forward. I don't want you to let those rob you from the goodness that God has for you. I want you guys, um, we'll start in my favorite verse in the Bible. I know you're not supposed to have a favorite verse, but I do. John 10, 10, it's as black and white, as straightforward as I am. So that's why I like it. Short, sweet, and to the point. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I, and this is Jesus speaking, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, that's right to the point, right? I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Not sort of crummy, sort of okay. I come that you may have life abundantly. You could speak for weeks on that alone. What does the thief come to do? Only to steal, kill, and destroy. So for me, it is, there is a definitive line in the sand. God, good. Enemy, bad. And so if you get nothing else from today, get that. God is good. Enemy is bad. Um, the beginning of verse 11, right after that, it doesn't make my favorite scripture, so I stop after 10. But verse 11, Jesus starts with, I am the good shepherd. And so what I want to do now is spend a little time on what, it, what the good shepherd is, what God our Father, what Jesus the good shepherd really is. So I want us to look at another well-known passage in the Bible, Psalm 23. There's so much in Psalm 23 about the goodness of God. <clears throat> Let's read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Other translations will say, I lack no good thing, or I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What else do you say? Wow, right? Wow. How much goodness is in those short six verses, Psalm 23? There's a lot of power in there. There's been millions of sermons taught on Psalms 23, or Psalm 23, and there's a million good ones. Um, 
our, our beautiful Kayla Stevens taught two years ago while we were all in quarantine. I don't know if you ever remember that. She taught two weeks on Psalm 23. I encourage you to go back, watch it, listen to it. She really dives into the, the intricacies of a shepherd and what happens and, and walks through verse by verse, line by line. We don't have time for that this morning. Um, it's beautiful. It was great. But I love the Psalms that David wrote. And I like them particularly because David, in my David was a dude, right? Um, if there's any old Steely Dan fans, a major dude, right? A major dude. David was a dude. And David, as, as much of a warrior king that he was, he was also fallible. He messed up big time. And David, when he would write his Psalms, would speak of um, either A, you know, how poor, poor, pitiful me, I'm in this horrible spot, I'm being chased. There's lots of that. But he always came back to how good you are, God. And he wrote so many of them about the goodness of God, praising God, praising God. You are my refuge and my strong tower. You will rescue me from those, from my enemies. And so I love that about David. And so when he writes about the goodness of the good shepherd, I listen. I really grab hold of it. And so what I want to do, dive into this very quickly and refer back to our, our visualization just a few minutes ago. Verses one through three say this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And when you read those three verses, think back to some of those things you thought about just a few minutes ago. What do you see in those three verses that match some of the things we thought about, right? You see provision, God providing. You see God leading. You see God restoring. You see blessing. You see security, right? The, the, the sheep are secure because they're in green pastures and beside quiet waters. You see all of that in those first three verses, things that a good father does for us. Something else you'll notice about the first three verses is where is the shepherd in this, in these scriptures? I see the shepherd before the sheep, right? He's in front of, he's leading. You see that where he is positionally. He's preparing a spot for them, for us, providing, equipping, and blessing. Verses four and five take a little different position and a different turn for us. And praise God, these are in here because I think a lot of us go through this. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, doesn't sound very good, does it? I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. Oh, I love, I, I love, love, love that verse. There's so much in the anointing. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflowing. I, I, don't, I couldn't preach for weeks, but Daniel could. Thinking back to our, our visualization, what, what do you see in these, in these verses? You see protection, right? You see saving, you see abundant blessing again. You see favor and position, you know, promoting you in front of your enemies. That's amazing to me that that is in there. I think about 
the valley of the shadow of death, and we got two awesome words last week from Amy and then from Nate and Beth walking through a time period where it was not good and how God showed up. And where was God during that? He was right beside him, right? So now we see God in verse four and five positionally. He's beside us. He's before us. Verses one through three, now he's beside us. He's right there with us. So verses four and five, we see God beside us. No matter the situation, whether it's great, whether it's not great, he's right there beside us to get us through. Lastly, verse six, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen to that. Amen to that. Where do we see God now? Where do we see the good shepherd now? He's behind, right? We see him before us. We see him beside us. Now we see him behind us. Goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Um, I told first service that God changed this whole, how I had things written down. And so I'll tell you the same because the ending is totally different than what I wrote down. So now we're shooting from the hip, right? Actually, actually I say the Holy Spirit. So there you go. Um, My life as a whole, good. Again, there have been very, very specific times in my life where there was problems, there was disappointments, there was loss. And so even though I see those things, I look at the whole and I know it was good and it's easy for me to grasp the goodness of God. But I know there's some of you out there that go, that's cool, man. But you didn't grow up where I grew up. And you didn't grow up with the family that I grew up in or the lack of family that I grew up in. So when you say the goodness of God, I struggle with that. I I know what the Bible says about it. I'm not sure I'm there, right? Let's get real. There's, There's many of you out there like that. And so God directed me to Mark chapter nine, and it's probably not on the screen because the guys didn't know to, to put it up there. But in Mark chapter nine, there's a dad who has a son who's in, who is possessed by an evil spirit and the spirit is wreaking havoc on his son. And obviously he's heard about Jesus, this man named Jesus. And so they're gonna go, let's go to Jesus, right? What else are we gonna do? And in verse 22, the dad runs to Jesus and he says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Is that real? I mean, is that like, you don't really know for sure. You just say, if you can, will you take pity on us and help us? There's a level of faith there, but there's also a lot of doubt in that question, right? There's a lot of doubt. I love verse 23, what Jesus, what his reply is, and it's just as real. He looks at him and says, if you can, question mark. Like, how, how dare you question if I can? Like that, that's kind of how I imagine it. Like maybe the chest came out a little bit, if I can. Um, but Jesus is real. He's one of us, right? He was fully man, fully God. And then he says, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible for him who believes. 
And so the realness of Jesus comes right back to the dad who's coming to him. And the dad is, again, very honest. He says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief, right? So some of you out there right now hear the goodness of God. Oh, God's good, God's good. Sure, that's what you say. Wasn't that great for me? But I read it and I, I, I sort of believe, right? So I'll, I'll go ahead and put one foot in. All right, I, I, I believe. But dude, you don't know about my life. You don't know where I came from. So here, I'm here to tell you, God knows exactly where you came from. And so what I would say to you with one foot in, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. God will meet you there. Our God is good, amen? Our God is good, amen? Amen, God is good. Let's pray. Father, we just, we thank you so much for uh, who you are, the goodness of who you are. Lord, and how you desire a relationship with us and how you desire to um, take us in your family as your children, Lord, to, to bless us, to save us, to honor and, and um, protect and save and provide and rescue and redeem, all those things that we've talked about, Father, we know that that is who you are, definitively that you are good. So, Father, we pray now for those that um, may struggle, that have that one foot in, one foot out mentality, Lord, that you would help them with their unbelief, Lord, that you would meet them where they're at. As they're honest with you, we know you will meet them. So, Father, we pray for them now that you would um, help them with their unbelief so that they could grasp the full goodness of who you are. So, Father, thank you. We honor you. We love you. And we praise you through the name of Jesus. Amen.